This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 350 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, 2K Gray, Kentucky Performance Products, and Bed in a Box. Today, we've got Reese's assistant trainer on to talk about her experience leasing an FEI horse. And our friend Katie Pogue joins us to discuss her move up into the CDI Grand Prix competition ring. Lastly, Reese and I will tackle a listener email for the Total Saddle Fit trainer tip. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. And we've got Coach Jen on doing the producing for us today, which is sort of a rarity. We, we don't get to talk to her as much as we'd like. So, hi, hi Jen. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that, um, I have to be honest, Phil, I kind of feel your pain when it comes to the weather in Canada this week. Because I, I went home for a couple of days and it was a high of 13 degrees. That yeah, was rough. We're having a bit of a we're having a bit of a cold snap, especially over the weekend. So I was a bit disappointed. I had to cancel a ton, uh, well, a couple of clinics this weekend and stuff. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll just sit at home, I suppose. <laughs> no, I, I did it. And tomorrow. But I normally, um, you know, on the weekends I go out and I travel Ontario and I teach clinics and and uh, see some regular riders, see some different riders and, and stuff. But, uh, uh, and this winter so far has been good about it. You know, I, I, I know that yeah. I have to cancel once in a while, you know, just whether it's real cold weather or a snowstorm or whatever. But I've just, you know, kind of got rolling along here in, in January yeah. and really, you know, enjoyed being able to visit everybody and, and teach a lot and really improve people. I think we're going to be even further, you know, when that, when we have a mild winter, we can be a lot further ahead into mm-hmm. com- thinking about competition season, but this weekend it's not going to happen. So <laughs> I'm going to be yeah, watching no. movies. I think if anybody's got some recommendations, uh, <laughs> yeah, send them to Phil. That's my plan. I suppose. I, I think that's everything. Second. And down here it is super busy. So I, I headed home. Um, we had a really good first show for Elancor over the weekend. He did his first pre-St. George. Yeah. Uh, and he actually was had a great show. Uh, really, really solid pre-St. George. It was really fun. Uh, and that was sort of our goal this time was to come out and just get you know, the movements down and do a solid test. And so then we have now a couple weeks of training um, to really get the, the power and the activity and sort of the wow factor in the pre-St. George. So that's my homework. I have quite a bit. But uh, <laughs> overall, he was really good and handled the environment and my shad belly. Uh, you'll hear Katie Pogue later in the show. Yeah, she mentions that. That is important when you, you go from the short coat to the shad belly. Uh, I will recommend Yeah, that. most most horses are okay. But every yeah. once in a while, you get one that yeah. goes, oh, my God, what's that? What is that? I had well, a, you know, I had if you have a bit of horse. wind, it'll flap. Yeah, <laughs> I had a young rider horse that was weird about it. So I learned that lesson early. So um, Elin Core was fine about it. He didn't care. I was a little worried about him. He can be a little weird about that stuff. But he was like, nah, I'm born to be an FEI horse. So it was super <laughs> well, some fun. People, don't some people pin their jacket down? Yeah, some people do. I think Belinda Trussell does. 
Uh, she's right now the, the top rider down here in Wellington, and I'm pretty sure she pins hers down. So I, there's no, it's not illegal. You can do it. It's uh, yeah, up to what I know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> she pins hers down. But um, you can. Interesting. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's a big weekend down here. It's, it's the five yeah. star. Uh, we'll so have we lots had of the girl. free star yesterday, right? Yep, mm-hmm. the free star was yesterday, and Stefan Peters won with Rosamunda. Uh, mm-hmm. Really good scores, and uh, literally the five stars going on right now, the Grand Prix. So uh, we don't have the news at the moment, but we will definitely um, we're going to head to the freestyle tomorrow night uh, and watch it. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Everyone's looking forward to it. Cool. So, yeah. Cool. All well, really I think we, yeah, we can just sort of you know get to the show. We've got lots of show. I think after this commercial from Two K Gray, we'll. Uh, We'll have your assistant trainer, Ashley Randon. Yes, silver medalist Ashley Randon. She's going to come on and uh, tell us about uh, what's it like to lease an FEI horse. We had a great horse come our way, and she's going to talk about it. Two K Gray's mission is to honor a woman's adventurous spirit by creating apparel that offers comfort while riding, plus style when you're not. In 2011, Grand Prix rider and entrepreneur Chris Pinto joined forces with fashion industry veteran Meryl Ranzer to create a chic and sophisticated line of performance riding breeches that look and feel better than your favorite pair of jeans. The line, made for women by women, is now being expanded and refined by teaming up with global equine manufacturer and distributor Intrepid International and notable fashion designer Kia Tomlin. 2K Gray offers serious riding clothes that are sturdy in the saddle, yet slimming, stunning, and sophisticated everywhere else. Each detail, from pocket shape to seam placement, is designed to enhance a woman's silhouette and to celebrate different body types. The collection is machine washable and proudly designed in the USA. Check out the new and exciting designs at 2KGray.com. That's the number 2, the letter K, G-R-E-Y, Com. You can also follow them on Facebook at 2K Gray. Feel better and ride better. 2K Gray. Well, this evening, I have my wonderful assistant on, Ashley Rand. And Ashley was a swimmer at um, Lake Erie College, and she joined our team at Maple Crest Farm uh, actually about a year and a half ago. Right, Ashley? Yes, uh, May 2014, right after I graduated. Well, we're glad we snagged you for an interview tonight because you have a really cool thing going on here in Florida, don't you? Yes, I do. I am leasing a Grand Prix Schoolmaster. Yeah, so this is really fun because uh, a lot of people look for a Grand Prix horse or, or even a horse to lease. So we thought that it would be a really fun conversation to sort of talk about what it's been like to lease a horse you know, we have theoretically a time frame on the lease and some goals and what it's been like to sort of get that horse and have that, that time frame start. So tell us a little bit about the horse that you leased. Well, our lease has been to a number of different riders and he's taken a few people to young riders and juniors and he's really been schooled and has taught a lot of different people the tricks of the FBI ring. And I am fortunate enough to get to know his owner, and she's been so grateful to let me borrow him during the Wellington season. And we're just learning together and really trying to figure out 
my place in a Grand Prix ring. <laughs> yeah, which is not easy. So what has it been like? I mean, you know, you, we got the horse mid-December. So kind of take us to sort of we're mid-February now. What has the last two months been like on that horse? The last two months have been definitely an experience, a learning experience. Definitely priceless. We got him and it's only different horse and different rider. So it took about two months. These two months have just been getting to know each other and we did a lot of, you know, basic work so we can really get each other's buttons figured out. And he's done a lot of teaching and when I do something wrong, you definitely know I'm doing something wrong and he points that out and we just go back and figure out what I'm doing wrong and he really is teaching me how to ride an FEI horse and it's been a challenge, but really great. Really great. So Ashley, do you have any um, tips or advice to someone who is, has to sort of get to know their horse pretty quickly? Is there some things that you did that worked? Maybe some things that you, that you were doing that, that didn't really work to, uh, because like Reese said, you have kind of a short timeline and you, yeah. you started showing like last week. And so, I mean, how did you get to know him quickly? Yeah, well, that's definitely been the hardest struggle with him is every day we're getting a little bit better, but, you know, we're just figuring each other out. So what I think has been super helpful is I have not only ridden with Reese, but I rode with you, Phil, when you came down to visit. And I've just ridden with a bunch of different people when we've been down in Florida. And every person brings something different to help me figure this horse out a little bit more. And every time we just click a little bit more and it, things just start falling into place and hopefully we can get there in time for the season to be in, to be over. Yeah. And I think that that's a, that's a great tip. You know, we're, we're super mm-hmm. lucky here in Wellington that, you know, Michael Klemka comes to the barn, Conrad Schumacher's come to the barn. And that has been something Ashley's been great about, you know, and, and she's ridden with these people who are sort of, I'm also having lessons from those people. So it's all in the same frame. And I, you know, as her coach yeah. go and, and listen to, to these lessons and want to see, you know, what's going on and, you know, the horse is 20 years old. So everybody brings a different sort of, I would worry about this and not worry about this. Um, or this is what my expectations should be. And so I think you've been super, you know, it's, it's increased the cost of the lease, but I think, or just the cost in general, but I think from a learning standpoint, kind of taking this, you know, you're, you're becoming a professional rider and taking this idea and this learning that's sort of what you came to Florida for was to really get better on the FEI ring so tell us you know expectations I think that's maybe something we should talk about you know what were your expectations when we leased him and what were the expectations sort of now that we're mid-season yeah I feel when we first leased him we might have been these big dreamers and we dreamed that I would just go in the ring and down the center line in January and do some Grand Prix and just keep doing Grand Prix and Grand Prix. Um, well, the reality to that is, you know, it's taken us to this point, two, two plus months in, to really just get solid, you know, the solid basics figured out. And the horse knows the tricks. So once we can fi- get connected with the walk track canner and some lateral work and changes, then we'll be able to put it together and do the Grand Prix. So we've 
then backing up our going down the center line at Grand Prix um, every week, we're like, okay, we're not ready now, and let's just keep working on it and keep trying to get pretty solid at Inter 1 and then move forward from there. So the expectation when we first leased him was just to get me in the ring as much as possible at the Grand Prix level. And really, I'm learning more with every day just sitting on him and yeah, we might just canter trot transitions for an hour, but every every time I ride him, it is something different, and we're look, like he's teaching me how to ride a real FBI level horse. Yeah, and I think that that was an awesome way to say it. Like we really thought, okay, we're gonna be able to come down and we're gonna be able to show right away at Grand Prix. Well. <laughs> You have a silver medal, and you're really proficient through pre-St. George, but you had never done the Intermediate One. So, yeah. you know, when we met, when we set the expectation, and this is me too as your trainer, you know, I I think you have to always evaluate, especially in Florida, it's a very short, it's three months and it's not that long, is being able to sort of evaluate in a lease situation or, or, you know, maybe you have a horse, a new horse, you know, to sit back and we evaluate every week sort of what the goal is for the week and what the goal is for showing, you know, the shows are due three months, three weeks in advance. So, okay, where are we three weeks out? And, and, but you've got an incredible experience now at Intermediate One and we show that in two weeks and then, then we can sort of, once you feel proficient, be able to move toward the Intermediate Two or the U25. Five. So I think that that was a really great way to say that. Um, what are some things that, that you've learned that maybe you didn't think you would learn by leasing this horse? I've learned a lot more about my riding. And, you know, you get so comfortable riding that one horse that you just click with or you've been riding for a year or so. And I have two horses down here. And one, I ride completely different than the other so to be able to really focus on yourself and on the horse you're riding and how that horse affects you as a rider I've learned a lot that just because you might be soft and supple on one horse doesn't mean you will on the next so I've learned a lot about just really myself and how I react to different types of horses and different mannerisms then I thought I was going to. You know, I thought I would just get on and you would teach me how to do the octopus and lungs and we'd be good to go. <laughs> we tried that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I've learned that it's a big deal and Grand Prix is not easy, which I never thought it was, but, you know, you learn a lot more about yourself as a rider when you're teaching a schoolmaster because, you know, when you're soft and supple, then they're soft and you just, it just, that's how it is. So that's the biggest I've learned so far on leasing him. Now, Ashley, were you, um, did he throw you any surprises at your first competition? That was only a couple of weeks ago, I think. So um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you had to make the adjustment in the ring, because I know lots of horses can be quite different. Yeah. So definitely he threw me for a loop on the first, show we went to our warm-up I thought was really really great and as soon as I went around the ring I was riding a completely different horse so I really had to adjust on one it was my first test at intermediate one and so I was very nervous 
and he was just kind of got my number and we kind of, he took me for a ride and I really learned where I was like, okay, I need to reevaluate the situation. And we went back the next day and improved a lot where I just kind of got his number a little bit. And I was like, no, like we're going to, we're going to do this and you're not going to play me. And you know, every time we go down the ring, we're going to get that much better. And he's not, he's going to know that we're a team and he's not just going to take me for, <laughs> take me for a ride. So it was definitely an experience, but it was really fun, even though it didn't go as planned. So I'm looking forward to the next time we get to show. Yeah. Well, and and, and you did show again. Uh, there was a schooling show last weekend, and it was significantly better. So uh, it, you know, yeah. every time you've learned and you've adjusted, and, and I think overall it's been a fantastic experience. And I think all three of us on the show would for sure recommend if you get a chance to lease a grum, uh, at least any upper level horse, uh, even if they're a little bit older or maybe a little stiff, uh, it's certainly been a great experience. So Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show. I would love to have you back. Maybe at the end of the lease, we can have you back and, and tell us all about how the overall experience went. Yeah, for sure. I'd love that. If you're coming to, to Kentucky Horse Park for the Rolex or any other event, the best way to complete your Rolex experience is to stay at the nearby Clarion Hotel, just four miles from the horse park. At the Clarion Hotel, your experience will include a great room featuring a Tempur-Pedic memory foam bed, flat screen TV, and in the morning, a full free hot breakfast with eggs, sausage, waffles, and other great breakfast items. The Clarion is a full-service hotel with easy access off of I-75 at exit 115 with plenty of parking for your truck and trailer. The Clarion Hotel is also pet-friendly, so you can always bring along your furry friends. Best of all, you don't have to leave the hotel to enjoy fantastic Kentucky-style food and drink. Cortland Southern Kitchen offers innovative Southern fare and a casual atmosphere or you can relax at the Sports Page Bourbon Bar and Grill, where you can give the bourbon sampler a try. It's a great way for you and your friends to discover which Kentucky spirit is your favorite. If you're coming to Rolex, you better get your reservation in early. 859-233-0512. That's 859-233-0512. Well, that was fun to hear from Ashley. And right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to talk with our friend Katie Pogue and hear about her big jump into the International Grand Prix ring. He was her first love, the one that started it all. He taught her how to master the posting trot and navigate her first hunter course. They spent hours together exploring the trails and hanging out in the barn. His name was doodled on every page in her school notebook. His coat gleamed in the sun as he met her at the gate each day, snuffling for a treat. From the first time she saw him poking his head out of the stall to the last time she patted him goodbye, he was, and always will be, her everything. This love story is brought to you by Nalox Advanced, providing complete support for a healthy digestive tract, which reduces the risk of colic and digestive upset. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. This evening. 
evening. We have one of our regulars back on the show, Katie Pogue. She is an FEI writer and trainer and judge. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, you were just down here in Wellington for a couple weeks and or in and out. I guess you were in and out. And you did your first International Grand Prix on your stallion, Zona Kinga. Did I say that right? Zona Koning. So, yes. And you, it was quite a fun journey to see you. I mean, I've known the horse a long time. I've seen you develop him, and so has Phil. And to see you in the big ring was pretty awesome. What was it like? Um, it was, it obviously was a lot of fun. Um, it has been a journey. Um, I got him five years ago and has brought him along from beginning stages. Um, I had imported him and he was doing probably first level or so and had brought him along. Um, and I did compete him when he was his last year at the developing Grand Prix, and that was definitely very green. Um, and then last year we had a really, really successful season at the national level. And so I did feel that he has the ability and the timing was right to try CDI this year. And so we had, we did the first global CDI and it was very exciting just to be down there with the caliber of riders that are down there representing so many countries. Um, and then just arriving and being in the stabling and knowing, um, the group of people that were in the barn who were from Germany and just some other friends around the world. And so the whole environment, whether it was friends here in the States or people that has met from different countries, just being involved and surrounded by that was just the best part of it. And kind of, if the ride went well, (laughs) it was, you know, just the whole thing. It was just great to be there. And, um, I did feel prepared. I did feel like what we had accomplished the year before at the national level of Grand Prix that we really felt like we needed to be there. And, um, not everything went as well as I had hoped, but we we came out of it definitely going home with a plan and ready to come back down and do another one. And um, and so we did. We went home, and you know I knew what I needed to try to improve and kind of organize. And we went back for a second CDI down in Wellington, and. I think the the warm up and again the environment and just the fun of all that I think is just a tremendous feeling that you have um, or that you're surrounded by and and we did improve and we made it from the Grand Prix into the Grand Prix special and definitely came home with just a greater feeling of that we belonged there and it was just you know time again to come home and improve, you know, the next little bit. And I do think that it's important whether you are are just starting or somebody going into the international level that you do feel prepared. I think it's good to feel challenged, um, but really knowing that when you go in there, 
you feel comfortable handling if things kind of go wrong or just really enjoying it if everything goes right. Um, and so I did, we made two trips, did the first show and then came home, did some homework, um, went back down and then I'll be home for a couple weeks and then we'll try it again in March. And, um, I think some of the things that really helped me prepare for the show, um, and just kind of that environment, the the times where I go and get lessons, as we've gotten closer to the shows, I've had times where I just go and almost treat it as a horse show, that I go intense work for two or three days and then go home. And so that's kind of made me have to go and practice really kind of getting it together, making it happen, and then you're done and you can kind of reevaluate and see so that you really give yourself an environment, a little bit of pressure, kind of really trying to have to get it all together um, to give a sense of like it is when you're going to a horse show. So I've definitely tried to practice in situations like that. Um, I've gone on, you know, to lots of different facilities. I think getting out and if your horse needs to get out and see different things, that you definitely think give yourself plenty of time to get into those arenas and into those environments so that when it does get to this level, again, from all directions, you're just, you're really prepared for anything. And so I think... No, Katie, really... just one second. Katie? Yeah. Just one second. I wanted to know a little bit about um, what specifically about the Grand Prix test uh, when you were showing at national level would make you say, now I'm ready to go international. Like that, that's, you know, sort of a pretty big jump. What, what things about the technical part of the test to say, okay, now, now we're ready to show it in, in an international ring in, in front of international judges. Right. Um, this year for me, um, with the stallion, I've, my first Grand Prix with him, um, I got in the 70s, and that was pretty exciting. And score-wise, every show that I did this year, he was in the 70s. And he's very talented in his payoff and passage. And there were things in the test that I could really feel him coordinating and feeling very comfortable. And I think... Um, in, in discussing with lessons that I received, you know, he this year was enthusiastic about, you know, these tricks, feeling good. And he really was super steady throughout the whole year and, and staying in the seventies, which was a blast and gave me the confidence that, you know, we're at this level, we're getting these scores. It's consistent. Um, and, you know, he seems fairly enthusiastic about it. Um, and so just from that side, you know, the feeling side of it, from getting feedback from the judges, you know, it wasn't just solid average scores, you know, it was lots of comments and kind of conversation, even with officials that shows, you know, it's, this is the type of horse for the international scene and, you know, just, it was a really 
big eye-opening year for me that he really does have it, and the two of us together can produce it. Um, and then going t- from national to international and kind of going, okay, I really, we, we've been encouraged by other people. I feel confident. The horse feel com- feels confident. And then we, you know, make that step, and then we get into that arena, and we go, okay, now, you know, he is maybe not quite as confident or things weren't quite as together as I thought. And, you know, there isn't much getting by with, with little things. And so it's taking the year before that I know we can get some really dynamite scores and, you know, having now kind of starting from the bottom and working our way up um, that now I can really come home and go, okay, I know I can get this. We can make this more consistent. He has this potential. You know, let's really focus, and and it can happen. Um, and so I think that was a little bit the feeling and kind of knowing when to make the jump. Um, it was really cool this year because of his average. He was the top Dutch Grand Prix horse in the country. Um, and at the end of the year, the average that I had put me in eighth place through USDF and that was just really cool seeing my name in there with all these big time people that have been in this international scene and in the Grand Prix scene um, who are in the, also in the international scene. And it was just, it was really, really special and kind of going, okay, let's do it. Yeah. And Katie, I mean, there's a big difference too. I mean, he's a stallion um, and there's a huge difference in environment. Wouldn't you say from, a national Grand Prix, maybe not the U.S. finals, but from a national Grand Prix to being at global uh, in, in a CDI ring, you've got the patron's tent, you've got people. I mean, it's just a completely different environment. How, do, how have you kind of worked to help him with that? Um, it is a different environment. Um, there's a lot more energy. Um, and he's... He, like you said, is a stallion, and we did our first practice jog a couple of years ago at um, the developing horse up at Lamplight, and I was probably over-concerned that he might act like a stallion, and he did not. He was actually pretty lazy, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I was glad that even for the, the jog that they made you practice at Lamplight, um, and so I kind of knew what he was like. And then even for the jog situation, um, the first competition, it was where they normally have the jog and it was very open and you can see lots of horses. And so, you know, he did get a little bit amped up um, and he was amped up in a fairly controlled way that he was actually voted most fit horse in the yes. jog. Um, and that was fun. And then... Um, you know, the next jog that I did, I was kind of expecting him to be enthusiastic and he was actually lazy. And so I'm prepared. I try to be prepared with all of the ideas of the things since he is a stallion that he could do, um, just to make sure everything is controlled. Um, he is typically a very safe stallion. I'm very lucky with that. So I always want to make sure everything kind of is neat and orderly. Um, and then even riding. You know, every opportunity to get into the show arena in warm-ups, 
Um, I can't necessarily hand walk him around the arena, so it has to be schooling times. Um, and it, it has been different times of day. Um, I ride him at home different times of day, so it's not the same time in the morning or something. There are times where it does end up how my day has been that maybe I do ride him in the evening when it's dark. Um, you know, so at the horse show facility, trying to get in to the arena, um, let him get used to that energy, whether there are people up in the sponsor tents and tables, um, you know, the crowd clapping and things like that for a lot of horses. Um, it is very different. Um, and so I'm very lucky that he is very safe, but I do try to make sure, um, that there aren't any surprises <laughs> because right. you are trying so to be, fo- trying to be as so prepared focused. as possible. Right. You are so focused on getting the job done that all of those little things you do want to make sure, um, whether it's getting into the arena, whether it's, if you have a new coat, if you have new boots, I have a student that's going to enter their first pre St. George and she needs to do a lesson or two riding in her shed belly because she's never mm-hmm. ridden in a shed belly, you know, All of those things, whether it's equipment, whether it's clothing, whether it's new custom boots or, you know, whatever, that it's you really can make sure that you've practiced in all those things, wear all those things at home, get used to those things in the warm-up arena. So, you know, you're so focused on making sure the horse doesn't have any surprises. You need to make sure that you have all of your stuff together, that it's even from that side, that there aren't any surprises from your clothes or equipment. Um, so no, it was the whole environment, um, was definitely an enormous amount of energy, which was a lot of fun. I'm very fortunate not to get nervous in those situations, but I think even for some of my students, the national show to them, it is that type of energy and it is getting out and trying to make sure that you can turn some of the nervous energy into positive and and have fun with that energy. I have been very fortunate to have, you know, been in lots of arenas, you know, for me personally, and it's just getting the horses in there, you know, as far as getting back to the the energy down in Wellington. Um, And I'm not there all winter. I go for a show or I go down for some training and come home um, because I have to keep the business here in South Carolina running. And, um, and so it is, it is a big deal. It is, you know, you're trying to have this one shot and make it all happen. Um, but that's kind of the routine that I've created, um, just because of, of my business. And so you are trying to absorb and, and make things happen and, and organize it as best you can so that it, it really does create a flow and you do have fun and I do enjoy it. Katie, I just wanted to one one more quick question about um, yeah. you know making the jump from national to international. Do you have any comments about you know how is the judging different and and what what did you experience there? Um, I ex- I experienced I think very respectful judging. Um, I was very pleased with. Um, the comments and the scores that I got, I felt that it was, you know, pretty much where things needed to be. 
Um, it was interesting staying throughout the week and watching different rides um, and seeing top people who have been at the international scene representing their countries for a while. Um, you know, having horses make the same mistakes that I was making, um, whether they're bigger or smaller, um, you know, I, I think it, it, it was interesting to compare um, and seeing people that you think are perfect and their horses are amazing and perfect that everybody can make mistakes. And then you kind of look to see how that was judged and, and, and take that home and kind of absorb it. And I do think that it is a matter of, you know, moving up and getting more consistent and getting out there and developing things. Um, so that you can kind of get up to that level and and keep yourself there. Um, so I think even within the international, the jump from national to international, I think even once you're in the international group, you are still climbing. You are still making your name and getting up there and creating consistency. Um, and so you know, I think the judging was fair. Um, and I do agree with stuff because I'm probably harder on myself and, you know, ready to, okay, that was that, I understand, and let's work on it, and we'll come back, because I know it can be How, how important do you think that it is to, to make a good impression on, you know, because there's only a small group of international judges, and uh, I, I think you want to make a really good impression the first time out, and really be confident about it. Is that something that you would advise people? I, I do. I think it's important to to feel like you can go in and compete with everybody and, and hold your own. I think it was great to see that everybody makes mistakes. Everybody can have a bad day. Um, and as you are in, in that group, I think the first impression is very important, but I think for me, um, you know, I'd like to go back down and do better. And the horse that I have, I think that there were some very good highlights of things that the judges could see that there is potential. There is, you know, you can get that much more out of him. And and the comments and the scores, you know, reflected that. It wasn't kind of a a cloud over everything that like this is this is all you'll get. I mean, it was sorry, it was a bad day. This is this can be better and, and, and things like that. And so for my situation, I tried my hardest to give the best first impression. Um, and it, it had some obvious, just, it wasn't in the right, right mode that day. Um, and then coming back and having it a little bit better and, you know, we'll try to go back and, and keep improving. And I think just that they saw, that there's room for improvement, I do feel confident that I can kind of keep climbing and improving um, and building from that. I think if you have a certain horse and it was a big step to get into the international scene and that might, you know, some lower scores is sort of the best that you can do and you challenge yourself and you wanted to do a CDI, I, I do think that is one situation. Um, and then I do think that there is you know, kind of the next step up where you are hoping to represent your country and really excel and develop your horse 
and judges can see those highlights. And I mean, he is very green, and we try to be as prepared as we could as him being a green CDI horse. And I know it's a couple years, and I think there have been a lot of people in my position where you do have a horse, and you just that's the scene you need to be in, and it's just it's growth, it's development, it's confidence, both yeah. in horse and rider, and that you just keep building it. And and I think that that's the way you have to look at it. And in any time you you move up a level, you know, I mean, it, it's great when it comes out and you get a seventy four percent on your first time out, or you you have a really good go on your first time out. But it doesn't always happen like that. And as long as you sort of keep the progression going, I think then it's a successful move up. You know, and this is this is right. an incredibly big jump. You know, it, it's still the Grand Prix, but it, you go from the National Grand Prix to the International. It's completely different horses, different judges. Uh, it's, it's a really big leap. So, well, Katie, we are so happy always to have you on the show and we can't wait to continue uh, seeing your progress and seeing you. I can't wait till you get your first 70% at Grand Prix because he has it in him. Uh, so how do our listeners find you online? Um, I'm at katiepogdressage.com and you can Email me, Katie Pogue Dressage at yahoo.com. Um, and thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, it's great talking to you guys, and I appreciate all that you do. And we will keep, keep having you on. We love it when you come and stop by and visit us. Thanks, Katie. Welcome to bedinabox.com where you'll find the most comfortable, pressure-relieving memory foam mattress at only one-third the cost of the leading brands. We have created an exclusive memory foam that sleeps cooler, rebounds quicker, and cradles your body in pain-relieving comfort better than other types of memory foams. Introducing our new memory foam technology. By swirl-infusing gel into our advanced memory foam, we have created an even cooler, more comfortable sleeping surface. Best of all, it's made right here in the USA. He had been dealing with back pain and chiropractor visits for a while, so we decided it was probably time to find a new mattress. So we started doing some research on memory foam mattresses and found bendabox.com. We were on a trip with some friends, and they actually had a bendabox mattress in their camper. And on their recommendation, we decided to get one for ourselves. They got it to us in no time. We had no problem adjusting, and we were thrilled with the comfort. In fact, my husband doesn't have to get up early anymore due to back pain. He can lie in bed for as long as he likes without any discomfort. We recommend Bed in a Box to anyone who has back problems or just needs a good night's rest. We believe we have created the world's best memory foam mattress. Using independent, accredited labs, we have tested our mattresses against the industry leaders to ensure comfort and durability. Test results show our mattresses relieve pressure better than the more expensive ones found in retail stores. Buying a mattress over the internet may seem risky. That's why we offer a 120-day zero-risk return policy. You get a full 100% refund if you're not satisfied. No hidden fees and no return shipping charges, and we back them with a 20-year warranty. Sound too good to be true? Don't take our word for it. Read what real customers are writing about us on Facebook, Twitter, Viewpoints.com, and other third-party review sites. We are dedicated to quality and service. We offer fast, free shipping to the contiguous U.S. Your mattress will arrive conveniently packaged and will be ready to sleep on within minutes. With the benefits of the leading brand mattresses, but at one-third the cost, why wait? Start getting the best sleep of your life. 
Call, chat, or email one of our friendly customer care agents to learn why 99% of our customers sleep better and toss and turn less on their new bed-in-a-box mattress. This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, we have an email uh, from a listener, which as everybody knows, we love email and Facebook shout outs, and we always like to get to it. So what is our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, Phil? Well, we got an email here from Lucy, who would, who is a sort of a once a week rider at a riding school and she she does a little competitions uh, actually from france this is a, our one of our french listeners so that's well, international listener yes <laughs> it's awesome so, love french to france and um let's see oh this is a this is a question about inside bend so this is you know back to our roots and so one of the uh, really important beginning qualities of a dressage horse is a, is is a horse that can bend um, you know, very simply put, you know, getting, getting the nose to look to the inside, you know, how do, how do we accomplish that? So I'm going to throw that to you first here, Reese, you know, when you're a beginner rider learning to bend a horse, what are some important things to think about and, and how are you going to get this accomplished? One. Well, this is a great question, Phil. I mean, this is, it, it, and it's actually kind of can be a complicated question. Um, when you talk, start talking about the inside bend, but an inside flexion. But when we start talking about inside flexion, and this actually happened in multiple lessons that I taught today, um, is having the horse move laterally away from the inside leg. And this happens a lot with horses that are stiff or that are spooking. Actually, those are the two scenarios that we had today here. In- <laughs> here. Distracted Horses, one was yeah. spooking and one was stiff. So, um, and I'm thinking from a school horse perspective, is a lot of school horses are stiff, right? They're they're not asked to move and flex their neck to the inside, so well, they can't. Not, yeah, they're also just not that that yeah. responsive. I mean, that's what makes sure. a good school horse is like if you ask yeah. for something, uh, you know, um, that's maybe not correct. They're not going to do anything about it. But I right. think uh, you really have to endeavor to communicate well with the horse that you're riding for you know once a week and and to sort of get on and set the rules and one of the rules is yielding from the inside leg that's that's essentially how we we create bend um you know a little pressure on the inside rein 
to direct the nose towards the inside of a circle. And then the, and then the combination of that with quite a lot, I mean, especially if we're talking about horses that are a little dead to the leg, quite a lot of inside leg pressure and establishing that, you know, the horse must move away from the leg. Without, without that idea, you can't create any bend at all. I mean, all you're going to be doing is pulling the nose to the inside. Then the horse, I'm sure we've all experienced this, the horse collapses and makes your 20-meter circle all of a sudden becomes a 10-meter or an 8-meter circle. <laughs> or they're walking or, you know, all these yeah, things. Or that they fall out the outside shoulder. If you Sometimes you pull on the inside rein, then they'll just fall away from the outside shoulder if your outside leg isn't on to protect yeah. from that. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I think the inside flexion, you know, you want to think about, I always talk to my students that they're five types of aids. There's your back to front, uh, that's your seat, leg, hand. Then you have your inside leg to your inside rein, your outside leg, your outside rein, your inside leg to your outside rein, and your outside leg to your inside rein. So those are your five connecting aids and, and rein aids and leg aids. So in the case of having a horse look to the inside, you are flexing to the inside and you are pushing inside leg to your outside rein. That horse is also flexing and looking to the inside as you do it. So those are those are the things that we would stop there and do and work with. And so that's what I would say with, with the school horse is to start working on the fact that you can flex them to the inside. You can push your inside leg on and the horse steps, flexes to the inside or the left if you're going to the left and pushes the inside hind leg a little bit more under their body. So that does require the horse to be some level of electric off your inside leg. What'd you yeah, say, Phil? Does that, does that sound? Yeah, I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you know, the simplest way to put it, but um, not always are they super cooperative to that. So, um, I, you know, I think I always with all the lessons is sort of break it down and, and accomplish it in the walk mm-hmm. and then the oh, shot absolutely. and then, you know, yeah. work your way towards the canter and that not every day are you going to get all the way to the canter. So, um, you know, really, and if in the walk it's really not happening, then you've got to do some exercises even just in the halt. And, uh, and so, you know, to, for, for my beginners and stuff, you just start in the halt In the halt, can you, with your inside rein or with either rein, turn the nose one way or the other way? Is a horse willing to do that? You know, and then once you're able to accomplish that in the halt, then you, uh, can combine your, that turning of the nose and then applying the leg on the same side and, and walking off. And when the horse walks off, do they walk, you know, sort of directly forward do they walk into that rein you're turning their nose with or do they walk away and and our goal is to make them walk you know forward but also just a touch away from um that that flexion that you're creating in 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 the horse's nose and head and and so i mean that that for me would be the very very beginning and and if they if they walk forward into the rein or just straight ahead then again i halt make the flexion and ask them to walk forward, you know, both legs, but mostly inside leg pressure to encourage the horse to step in the direction that you want. Um, you know, if, if you can do that, then you can, you know, then you can work on it in the walk. And if it's not happening in the walk, return back to the halt, you know, and, and just keep establishing these are the rules for the horse, right? I'm going to ride you and, and this is what I want, you know, and, and, if, and if they're not giving you what you want, don't just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep trotting around and having it not happen. You know, just uh, break it down to the simplest explanation that you can give to the horse and the best communication you can give to the horse um, 
you know, because, you know, when we learn to ride, then we're not always super coordinated and it's not, you know, it's not expected for the horse to, to understand you perfectly. And so I think you have to give the horse a chance and, and do your best to just explain it in the slowest way possible to, to give the rider, uh, an uncoordinated rider, a chance to do it. So. I think yeah, that's... no, I love that. And, and I love the idea that you always start in the walk. I, I, I'm the same. I either start in the walk and the halt. Because, frankly, if you can't get it in the walk and the halt, when you add in motion, uh, trot yeah, and canter, it's worse and worse. And worse, and worse. And worse. Yeah. So you should start in the walk and the halt. And sometimes it takes a long time. And then, yeah. whammo, you're ready to rock and roll after that. So it works quite well. So uh, A good no, example I... for, for me is, is uh, that I experience time and time again with every horse, I think, is when you introduce the idea of Travair. It doesn't make sense to the horses. So I, I do it in like I probably do it two weeks in the walk before I can even think of accomplishing it in the track. And that's a trained horse and that's you know, with me riding that's a lot of experience and teaching horses. I don't it doesn't matter, you know, that you can't just skip over the steps, right? And so right. I think that right. gives that can give some of the, the um less experienced riders confidence that you know, even we do it. Even we have to stay in the walk oh, a little yeah. bit and really Absolutely. establish good communication with the horses. So it's not. We say a, it's know, always go slow to go fast. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's okay Teach to it go really slow well in the beginning, yeah. and then it's no no trouble. And so. then it's no big deal. But I, I was, you know, I used to struggle so much with with some of these things just because I skip steps, and I've really right. learned to just take my time with each thing, explain it from the halt if I need to. Um, and, and then, and then, two weeks later, I'm so much further along that the horse understands me. We haven't had any big blow ups. You know, they they trust you a little bit more, and the training goes so much faster that way. So, um, that's that's my advice, I guess, about this is just take your time, explain it really well, and make sure that the horse understands. Move away from the inside leg. Fantastic. Well, that yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed that, and and I think that that's the way to go when it comes to flexion and bend, and and also something to think about as you're working just your general, you know, your, all of your horses. It's good to to do that. So you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>